RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The chief executive seeks to reassure the public over concerns over a possible gas leak at the Taishan nuclear plant in Guangdong. The CE also speaks out against what she calls divisive remarks made about the gay games to be held in Hong Kong next year. And health officials say the mystery mutant strain of COVID that infected a 17-year-old girl has been found on frozen crocodile ribs in her freezer. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government is highly concerned about reports of a potential gas build-up at the Taishan nuclear plant in Guangdong. Both the CE and the Foreign Ministry in Beijing say no abnormalities have been detected so far. Luke Bing Lam, a nuclear engineering expert at City University and chairman of the Hong Kong Nuclear Society, says it's very unlikely for the SAR to be exposed to radiation. But Dr. Luke also says operators of the Taishan plant, China's CGN and Framatom of France, should be more transparent in releasing information. CGN is difficult because they are somewhat reluctant to uh, uh, talk to the media because of their state-owned industry background. So they, they, are, they are very cautious in answering questions uh, uh, from the media. I, mean, I think that, that thing they, they, they will need to learn the skill to talk to the media. But uh, I, I'm surprised uh, Pharmatone will, will also do that. I mean, they should provide more information rather than either they don't make a statement. If they make a statement, they should... Uh, they should provide more information. Uh, otherwise, it just uh, uh, create unnecessary worry. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has spoken out against what she sees as divisive comments made about the gay games to be held in Hong Kong next year. Last week, pro-Beijing legislator Junius Ho said the games would bring dirty money to the city, while Holden Chow from the DAB warned hosting the event here could affect social stability. Without naming names, Mrs Lam says such remarks shouldn't be condoned. Now, it was much regretted that in the course of the discussing over this uh, question in the Legislative Council, that individual members have become a bit emotional in expressing their view. But after all, they are Legislative Council members and they have their own standards uh, they should abide by. So um, I certainly, uh, personally, and as a chief executive, do not condone that sort of remarks by individuals which will uh, unnecessarily uh, divide society and even raise hatred among certain sectors in the community. The chief executive of the Pink Alliance, Jerome Yao, welcomes the chief executive's comments on the gay games, insisting divisive comments have no place in society. Well, from our perspective, uh, she could be stronger, a bit more, more firm in in repudiating uh, those comments. But I, I think, you know, all things considered, I think this is, I mean, what she said, I believe, uh, you know, they, they, they sent a very clear signal that, you know, those comments cannot be tolerated. And, and you know, for as far as Hong Kong is concerned, uh, you know, it's time to, you know, get behind this sad episode and really look forward. To COVID-19 now, health authorities say a sample from pre-packaged frozen crocodile spare ribs from Thailand found in the freezer of an infected teenage girl have tested positive for COVID. And the government says it will impose stricter rules on arrivals from Indonesia from next week, as Priscilla Ng reports. 
From next Monday, arrivals from Indonesia will need to have presented a negative COVID test carried out within 72 hours of the time of their flight and confirmation of a reservation at a designated hotel, where they will undergo 21 days of quarantine. Upon arrival at the airport, they will be subject to the test and hold arrangement. That means they're only being allowed to board transportation to their hotel after another test and negative result. The announcement of the stricter rules came as the Center for Health Protection reported two imported COVID-19 cases, taking Hong Kong's tally since the start of the pandemic to 11,880. The latest patients, women aged 28 and 39, had flown in to Hong Kong from Indonesia. One of the women was asymptomatic, while the other developed symptoms on Monday. The CHP also confirmed that an investigation into the source of infection for a 17-year-old girl. Found that samples from the packaging of an item in her freezer had tested positive for COVID-19. They said investigations and contact tracing are continuing. The girl had contracted a mutated strain of the new coronavirus earlier this month, and her mother and sister subsequently contracted COVID-19. On Monday, inspections were carried out at a pet shop in Mongkok and an industrial estate in Tunmun that the girl had visited to try and find the source of infection. You're listening to RTHK. The time is just after five minutes past eleven. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she doesn't feel any pressure from Beijing's liaison office to take action against the organisers of the June 4th vigils, even though its director suggested the group are enemies of the SAR. Damien Pang reports. On Saturday, liaison office chief Law Huining said those who call for an end to one-party rule on the mainland are destroying the foundation of the one country, two systems principle. Vigil organizers, the alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements in China, have made this demand for years, and pro-Beijing politicians and media have recently urged the authorities to outlaw the group. But ahead of this week's executive council meeting, Carrie Lam said that whatever action the government takes is carried out in accordance with the law, and the Department of Justice makes prosecution decisions based on evidence. She also said she completely agreed with Mr. Law when he took a look back at the 100-year history of the Chinese Communist Party and talked about how one country, two systems can be implemented in future. Director Law reviewed the history, and that's important because once we know that, we can see what situation we are in today, and then set our sights on the future. She said. The CEO noted that Mr. Law said it is necessary for everyone to defend the Communist Party as the ruling party in China. She said the one country, two systems principle has not always been fully implemented in the past, and the SAR government will keep making improvements. The chief executive has insisted Hong Kong will be a cultural hub, despite the introduction of new rules requiring films to be censored for national security breaches. Maggie Ho with that story. Speaking ahead of a weekly meeting of her de facto cabinet, Carrie Lam acknowledged the new rules had caused some anxiety within the creative industry, but stressed that guidance was needed to prevent inadvertent violations of the national security law. Previously, there wasn't a very clear condition or requirement about national security, but we cannot take for granted that there is a piece of legislation called the Hong Kong National Security Law. And it was not being fully implemented. She said that apart from the four offences that undermine national security, there are also provisions in the law requiring almost every department, every individual, every organisation not to undermine national security or harm the interests of the nation. 
Mrs. Lam said Hong Kong upholds freedom of expression, but such freedoms are not absolute. Nevertheless, she said Hong Kong can still be a center for creativity and culture, with Beijing's support. Hong Kong upholds freedom of expression, and that's why we are very well positioned to be a cultural hub and a creative city. To the extent that in the nation's 14-5-year plan, they have given Hong Kong the needed support to develop into a cultural hub where the East meets the West. Mrs. Lam said government officials will be meeting with stakeholders in the industry to assure them about the new rules. The president of the American Chamber of Commerce has called on the government to hold closed-door talks with representatives from the international business sector to explain what could amount to violations of the national security law. Speaking at a forum, Tara Joseph said while the international business sector understands stability is very important, many people believe the new law is ambiguous and talk about foreign interference makes people feel uncomfortable. Because it's new and it feels ambiguous, it's hard to understand specific examples of what could happen that could put someone from the international business community or a company in trouble. So perhaps a closed-door discussion that's very honest about how companies could face trouble, what could get an individual in trouble from the business community, Uh, would be a very helpful discussion so that we can understand the rules of the road because it's a new road. Speaking at the same event, Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development Edward Yao insisted the new law is clearly spelt out. He dismissed fears about an exodus of firms or money, noting there have been inflows of tens of billions of US dollars to the capital markets in recent months. If you read the daily news headline, wow, you might give an impression of Hong Kong must be in, in sort of falling apart. But actually, what brings business sort of a come to Hong Kong or stay in Hong Kong is the baseline. It's the baseline, the rule of law, including in this sense, the constitutional obligation we need to fulfill to protect the nation. And also sort of clearly sort of spell out circumstances where there would be things that well cannot be done legally within that remedy. A product designer has been found guilty of rioting in Hong Hum in 2019 at a time when hundreds of protesters were surrounded by the police at the nearby Polytechnic University. Francis Sit reports. Lui Shek Hang was arrested on Wuhu Street on November 18, 2019, and was found with cable ties and marbles in his bag. The 31-year-old told the court that he only wanted to go to his alma mater to witness the end of the police siege there, but was knocked down by a crowd of people before his arrest. However, District Court Judge Frankie Yu rejected Lui's explanation, saying his testimony regarding where he was and the situation at the scene was inconsistent with video footage. The judge also dismissed Lui's claimed that the marbles were toys for his cat and that the cable ties were just for fastening wire nets across windows at his home to help protect his pet. On the road, objects like metal railings and road signs were seen fastened together with cable ties and used as roadblocks, the judge said, adding there were also bricks and marbles on the carriageway, which made it difficult for the police to move forward. Lowe was also convicted of possessing instruments fit for unlawful purposes. He was remanded in custody until sentencing on July the 19th. 
The government has confirmed the decision to freeze civil service pay for the second year running. The move took effect retrospectively from April the 1st. The chief executive in council took various factors into consideration, including staff response to the pay offers, the Hong Kong economy and civil service morale, before making the final decision. A committee appointed by the government had previously proposed cuts of up to 2.04%, but the administration opted for a freeze instead. The president of the Philippines, Rodrigo Duterte, says he will not cooperate with an investigation into the thousands of deaths reported during his war on drugs. That's after the outgoing chief prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, Fatou Bensouda, sought authorization to open a full inquiry into the killings. The BBC's Howard Johnson has more. President Duterte's spokesperson, Harry Roque, said the prosecutor's request to investigate the Philippine drug war is politically motivated and an insult to Filipinos for suggesting the country's justice system isn't working. Mr Roque said he believed that the International Criminal Court had no jurisdiction to intervene. However, the court's prosecutor stated yesterday that The Hague had jurisdiction over extrajudicial killings committed from the time the country joined the court in 2011 up to 2019 when it officially left. Police in Indonesia say they're investigating the unexpected death of a local official who had criticised government plans for a controversial gold mine. The proposed mine would have covered half of one of the Sangihur Islands. The BBC's Rebecca Henschke reports. Helmut Hontong was a vocal critic of the Indonesian government's decision to grant a license for a gold mine that would cover half his tropical island of Sangihur. The deputy regent died on a plane to Bali last week. His aides say he was in good health before boarding, but suddenly lost consciousness with blood flowing from his mouth and nose. Police initially said he died of natural causes, but following an outcry are now carrying out further investigations. The United States and the EU have resolved their 17-year-long dispute over aircraft subsidies and agreed to phase out billions of US dollars in punitive tariffs. The dispute saw tit-for-tat duties slapped on a range of companies that have nothing to do with aircraft production. The BBC's Jenny Hill reports. It's said to be the longest trade dispute in the history of the World Trade Organization. The US accuses the EU of paying illegal subsidies to aircraft manufacturer Airbus, and the EU says the US has done the same for Boeing. Four months ago, negotiators agreed to suspend more than 11 billion US dollars worth of tariffs on products like European wine and American tobacco. Today, as President Biden met with EU leaders in Brussels, they agreed that the truce, which was due to end next month, would be extended for five years, while both sides try to find a long-term solution. Sports now. UEFA, say this, UEFA says the second goal scored by the Czech Republic in their 2-0 Euro victory over Scotland was the longest ever in the tournament. Patrick Schick fired home from near midfield, catching Scotland keeper David Marshall off his line, and the ball travelled 49.7 metres. Scotland captain Andy Robertson says the defeat was tough to take. You know, I think it comes down to not taking our chances. I think when you look back on the game, you can't say we've not created. We've had you know, really, some really, really good chances that on another day we should have done better with. And, and if you do better on that, then... It's a different game, but, you know, I think it's for our first game in a very long time. It's a tough lesson for us. And that's the news and a little bit of sports from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
Congregation, as they were known, or Mike Curb's Congregation, on uh, different sides of the Atlantic, different names, because there was already a band called The Congregation. Their big hit from 1971, softly whispering, I love you, and how are you? Dying embers of Tuesday night, of course, into a brand new day in uh, 40 minutes. Hope we can do it together. Let's get our sentimental journey after the news of midnight. Rod Stewart next on 3. It's time. 